0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am returning Mike Casaza, flipping the script, stepping out, coming back just in time to catch up with Chris Anderson. Chris. I leave for a little bit and things go absolutely haywire. That's typically that's typically your deal, isn't it?
1: It is. I wasn't on vacation. I was I was working, and there was work to be done. Yeah. Um, I'm counting here:
0: one, two, three, four, four names, five commitments. Do I have this right, or am I just is my hand kind of deformed and I've I've lost the ability to make sense of what's been going on here?
1: No, there was there was four public commitments, uh, five. Let's go tweets or at least a a let's go tweet that said times five. So uh, the expectation is that there were five commitments from player to coaching staff during the official visit weekend. Four of them have gone public since the trip has ended the fifth. And we can speculate on that and talk about it here in a minute. I imagine could come at any point. Literally, we are recording this Tuesday morning and I think we're trying to rush to get this up in case it comes before this is over.
0: And we're always very good on time. (laughs) Always. We never go Um, Surprised by the the quantity? We'll talk about the quality. But that's a big number at the end of a month that we said was going to be busy and significant. And and you kind of had a sliding scale with your expectations or projections. Could be this, might be this. Perhaps it's in between. I don't know. But here we go. A flurry toward the end and And with an asterisk here, as to all twenty twenty three click kids, yes, slash no, I'll explain, but that that's quite a number at the end. Did you see this coming and is does it mean anything that they finished in this sort of style?
1: Uh, I kind of did. I think I put on the board somebody asked, you know, or during my preview, I said three and a half over under was was where I would set the line, and that might even be low. And then if you include um Noah Abraham, who was. Got an offer the day that I put up the preview and he wasn't on the official visit list, but kind of alluded to the fact that it was coming. Obviously, he's a WVU legacy. Obviously, he lives in Morgantown. So a lot of things going West Virginia's way. And then he told me, hey, I'm coming back up on Saturday to talk to Neil Brown. Now. Tell me you're going to commit without telling me you're going to commit. And that's it right there, because that's exactly what happened. So I said, all right, add an extra one for Raham. You're up to at least four and a half here. And again, that might be low. So I said four and a half maybe low. It's already a five, could be more, because again, as I've explained um, with this final weekend of June official visitor kind of thing, sometimes guys commit right away, like we saw on Saturday and Sunday. Sometimes they like to wait a few days, go home, talk it over. It's a dead period. So they're not having to worry about other visits or 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 a bunch of schools jumping into the mix all of a sudden. They can just talk it over with their families, look back on all the visits they took in June, and then make a decision. So there are a couple guys that I'm expecting to make a decision this week, maybe this weekend. Uh, everybody loves it. Again, we've joked about guys making uh, decisions on July 4th weekend. I am expecting that to happen again this year. So it's gonna it, it, the weekend's not done yet is, is, I guess, what how I should phrase it.
0: A great thing on a Tuesday. By the way, my apologies. My microphone was not all the way plugged yeah. in. We're back now uh things are a little bit better um but yeah busy weekend and i'm conflating things here for a second i'm confused will dixon was before everybody that we just talked about
1: right so he went public I, he kind of i think you know my intel was saying that he's going to commit he is going to commit this this weekend you know it's all west virginia he's going to commit this weekend and he's going to enroll like we had that you know for our vip members like hey this is going to happen um but as it turns out, Dixon told me after the fact that he had actually called tight ends coach Sean Reagan almost like less than a week after getting the offer at camp on Memorial Day and said, I want to be a Mountaineer. I want to commit. But both of them agreed. Hey, let's wait till that official visit weekend just to be sure, just to you know be safe here because there Dixon was still considering other trips, including to pit, which we can talk about what they tried to pull here in a second. And so it, it was a done deal, but I guess he didn't actually tell Neil Brown. He didn't go public until that Saturday. Okay. Or no, he went No, he went Thursday, right? Like as soon as he got to campus. That's what it was. He got there like Thursday, Friday. He did it before. Because the other ones, yeah, came as they were leaving campus. He did it as soon as he got to campus. Mm-hmm.
0: So technically six, right?
1: Right. No, okay. he's on there. He was part of it. Of right. The five.
0: But then there's also... Maybe someone else too, right? Right. That's where we kind of have some fun here. But anyways, Ben Cutter one, Noah Bram two, Torrey Johnson Jr., Josiah Jackson, and then the young McIntyre. hmm Pretty good haul. And then we also add Lee Dixon. And then how does this work now, Chris? We have a we have a did we I, the 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 white smoke from Twitter always confuses me here too. Did we have a commitment? Did we have a let's go? Is it a silent commitment? Is it imminent? Like, what do we think is happening here? And and do you have a who? Never mind a what.
1: So I believe it was. Let's see if it was Dante Wright or if it was. It might have been Neil Brown that said, "Let's go times five. Um, which again, this is coming from the official visit weekend, and or from the weekend, and I'm I'm looking squarely at a couple guys. You know, you go through the list. Let's look at our, our visitor list from the weekend. There were 11 guys officially visiting. Mm-hmm. Now, this doesn't include uh, Bram. So, looking at the 11, it doesn't include uh, Jackson either. Uh, Jordan Jackson doesn't include him. He was not officially visiting. He just decided he was ready to commit. He got the okay from the coaches, jumped on board. So, 11 official visitors. One, two, three, four, five, six of those eleven players are were already committed or committed during the trip. Okay? Cutter, Johnson, Jeter, Jackson, that being Cameron Jackson, Dixon and McIntyre. Two of those players, two more players, two other visitors, were visiting other schools because they came in early. They did like a Wednesday to Friday instead of a Thursday to Saturday. So I think we can eliminate them from, you know, committing to West Virginia over the weekend when they were at other schools uh that would be nelson and campbell Tavon nelson and amari campbell uh nelson being at maryland campbell being at unc mm-hmm. so now you're down to three elijah caldwell johnny will johnny williams and orion fisher and you look at those three who's most likely uh you know i think i've i predicted caldwell to be in this class but my understanding is that's probably not going to happen until next month so then you're looking at fisher or williams wait and Wait, we're not getting all the Elijahs at WVU? <laughs> not not all at once. Gotta every sport, minute. every Elijah
0: is not property of the Mountaineers. <laughs>
1: okay. So I think, uh, you, hey, I still think West Virginia's getting him. I just think it's going to be one of those, hey, I'm going to wait and talk it over with the family, see if mm-hmm. I'm going to take all the visits and announce something in July. Um, so then you're looking at Fisher or Williams, which one of those two was the one to commit to the coaching staff during the visit? And it's hard to say. Both of them have posted positive things on social media about the trip. Both of them have, uh, you know, called for Mountaineer Nation to follow them on social media and everything. And neither of them are doing interviews right now. Neither one of them, you know, want to talk about their recruitment, which is fine. Uh, but it leaves you guessing which one is it going to be. Uh, I mean, I know which way I'm leaning, but I, again, I think we could find out today, Tuesday being today, uh, could find out, certainly find out sometime this week. Because again, I, I think the, the days of the coaching staff doing the let's go and then it not becoming public for another month are over uh, after the jaden mangum thing from last
0: year. Well good cuz i don't know how to handle myself when these things happen like that so they <laughs> they restored some uh, order here. Let's um let's go back to a question i asked you about regarding the number of people who here who committed at the end because what you had you had my eye trained to was you know, how big was this high school class going to be? Because we really don't know. And maybe West Virginia doesn't either. And perhaps that's the point here. Maybe it is a sliding scale. But these additions here um, and everybody but Dixon that we've talked about, um, what does that do to, to the size and the pace here? I wouldn't say we're at the finish, but like this is definitely a hurdle, maybe before the final bend because December is still a long way away. You also have decommitment season and all that, but there there weren't a ton of spaces. There are fewer now. How close are they to, to done, or or is it TBD because there's no cap?
1: I think it's TBD. I think it is. It, you know, originally before the the no no cap on initial counters uh, rule change, I would have said, you know, hey, they're going to basically shoot for eighteen eighteen high schoolers every class. That's kind of your goal, and then you get the rest of the way. The re- other seven or so are for transfers uh i mean 18 high schoolers and junior college players combined and then the rest you're kind of saving for transfers but with the no cap so you're not capped at 25 you are capped at 85 for the total scholarship and west Virginia's close to there i think they're 81 82 um right now with a couple of little movements here lately uh you know lynn J. dixon out and gory hammett out but will dixon coming in early so i think we're at 81 right now um And So a couple more spots they could add if they wanted to or hand it off a couple to walk-ons for a semester and then open those back up for um, the next class, which, again, would be this 2023 high school class uh, or transfers. So I I don't want to say what the limit is. Like Again, it would have been 18, I think, and West Virginia is already at 16 for 2023, but they're not stopping at two more. Uh, So I think the high school class now could be in the low 20s, 20, 21, and then you save a few spots for transfers. But again, what if, what if you know, more people transfer than expected this offseason away from West Virginia that leave the program? Then you're opening it up to more guys. So I think they're going to just keep adding players and play it by year later.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of measuring cups and measuring spoons here. You're just throwing pinches in, right? And yeah. you know, flavor by taste here, too. Uh, let's talk about Dixon. Okay. What's going on here? <laughs> Looks like a pretty good 2023 player, right? Yeah. But he might be on the roster imminently.
1: Uh so Will Dixon, big guy. We saw him at the first camp. Um just I, I said it I said it before he got the offer. I said it long before he committed everything. So this isn't some kind of West Virginia bias as laughing because uh, after that camp, you know, after every camp, I send in my thoughts on players to the the recruiting council, if you will, the guys who decide on the grades. And I sent something in, you know, with a suggestion for Dixon, I'll leave that private. That's for private conversation. But I was very high on his ability. And I said, you know, this is, this is what it is. I think he's great. He's big. He's strong. He moves well. He had good testing numbers. Like he wasn't a stiff, like he actually had, had some movement to him and then some athleticism. And I sent that in. And then I don't know, I think, the day after or two days after I sent in that that information, I got a tip from Capital S someone that Dixon was likely going to be a mountaineer and I thought, oh crap, I got to uh, I contacted the council and wanted to let them know that I had I had new information and that they could not tell anyone because this was told to me in confidence, but I also wanted them to know because I didn't want them to think that I was blowing smoke about this recruit just because he was going to West Virginia. Like I'm sitting here talking about him being one of the best tight ends I've ever seen come through camp. And I said that before I knew he was coming to West Virginia, but found out two days later that he was coming to West Virginia. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was I had to kind of walk it back. So I, not walk it back, but try to make it seem like I wasn't too Homer. big of a Homer. Yeah. Homer. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. But the, oh, the Dixon thing, I brought it up earlier. I said, we will come back to it with what Pitt did. Did you okay. see this? I mean, I know you were, you were traveling, and we'll I, get to that in the next pod, but did you get a glimpse of what that was, what happened? I wanted,
0: I wanted to circle back and ask you more about it because I saw it, and I believe I was taxiing, taking off, and didn't have a chance to really dig back into it. But I also figured this is probably something I better ask about than try to explain it myself because this, this does seem pretty fun.
1: So really the decision came down to West Virginia and Pitt. And he was going to go to Pitt. Then he canceled that trip. And then Dixon set for this official visit where he is going Thursday to Saturday. But when you do those trips, you get there, you know, Wednesday night. Like if you're doing a Thursday to Saturday, you're there Wednesday evening. And so Dixon gets there Wednesday evening, starts getting ready for his visit. Literally, I'm pulling up the tweets as we speak at 6.15 p.m., He posts a picture of his hotel room with all of his, you know, WVU welcome to your official visit gear, 6.15 p.m. At 7.58 p.m., that same evening, he posts that Tim Salem, the tight ends coach from Pitt, had called him while he was on his official visit to West Virginia to tell him that Pitt was offering. Why is that significant, Chris? One, that's not allowed. You're not supposed to be calling kids while they're on official visits. And I had people at Pitt swear to me, swear to me, they had no idea that he was at West Virginia. No idea. Except, you know, it was on social media an hour and a half earlier with a picture from Will Dixon and had been reported for two weeks that he was coming that weekend. And he turned down a trip to Pitt to come to West Virginia that weekend. But somehow they didn't have any idea that he was going to be at West Virginia that weekend. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, interesting. Uh, again, I think, you know, take the W pitt part out of it, take everything out of it. Like, if you're that kid's parents and, and your kid is on the verge of making his college life decisions about to commit and not just commit but enroll, and then some other school calls you at the last second as you're visiting another program... And they had all the chances in the world prior to this to make that offer. And then they did it. Shoo, We, I mean, that's something that is, that is something. But, uh, I was informed by Dixon that it never even changed anything. Obviously. I mean, I think he committed, it was the next day that he committed to West Virginia again on the first official day of his trip. But boy, is that some kind of gamesmanship coming from Pitt right there. Dixon likely the red shirts, right? I would imagine so, yeah. But he, I mean, definitely... he 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 looks ready. But let's be realistic about most freshmen; they're redshirting. So okay. But he expedites his development. How though? By doing what he's
0: doing. Do you think he's a twenty twenty three contributor? Because he's here a year earlier. Because
1: if he comes in twenty twenty three, he's probably redshirting too, right? Right. I think I think it does expedite things a little bit because he is he, he physically he's close. Like physically as far as his body, his muscle buildup, and his body, his makeup. like He doesn't have a lot of bad fat on him. He does have some muscle. He is strong. So I think he he's close physically to being ready. So you don't need two years of, of Mike Joseph to be ready. One year should be more than enough for him. But this also gives him that year of understanding the offense, understanding the coaches, understanding college, getting ahead in your in your grades in your school so you know a lot of those guys when they're when they're redshirting, instead of taking nine to 12 hours a semester they're maybe taking 15 you know Mm -hmm. like like just trying to get ahead a little bit because they know once they get to be a junior and senior um they're going to need to take less and be more focused on football and again so oh they're they're at the school year round so you know traditional i guess quote unquote traditional students i think when i was in college it was what like you did 15 a semester and went fall semester, spring semester, home, fall semester, spring semester, home, 15, 15 every semester. And you're done in four years. Um, these guys are there for fall semester, spring semester, May semester, couple summer school semesters. You, you know, you can get ahead or you can spread it out and still be done in four years. So that's a big opportunity to get in and get ahead on schoolwork, get used to college and, and get used to the system. I want to clean the bone on tight end in a little
0: bit because, of course, I do. But let me hit you with some speed around on some other things really quick. You ready? Yep. Um, cutter, if I have this correct here Louisville, Tulane, and they beat out ECU, believe it or not, right? True. Uh, Torrey Johnson Jr., Pitt, Maryland, UVA, um, McIntyre, Washington State. Somehow they cross paths with WVU every now and then. Crazy. Uh, and NC State, uh, Josiah Jackson, a lot of offers, but it seemed like West Virginia, Purdue, Duke uh Dixon you mentioned Pitt also Rutgers they're pretty good players here I think we can agree this is now the number 15 class in the country um how long it stays there I don't know but it's not going to plummet and they're beating out good teams in the region with which they have to do um what does that mean about recruiting the climb whatever you want to call it because Louisville Pitt Maryland Virginia NC State even Rutgers um those are, those are pretty competitive recruiting schools across Neil Brown's tenure here, but they plucked a couple of players from that group of competitors.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to move up to the next tier, you have to be able to beat your own tier first, right? Like you, you you're not going to just skip right past and start battling, you know, the top of the sec for every single recruit that you got. Now, West Virginia is beating some of those top schools for some of the recruits that are in this class for Benton, for Gallagher and so on. But the rest of the class you're filling out, you need to beat those schools that are in the same, quote-unquote, tier as you, uh, which, in, again, includes the Pitts, the Louisvilles, the Perdue's, and, and so on. So I think West Virginia is doing that by getting these guys a- and and handling their business. I mean, uh, McIntyre, he went up on an official visit to Washington State and came away raving about that trip. Uh, NC State was making a hard push for him. Try to head him up on campus. Last month, tried to get him up on campus again. Tory Johnson was just at UVA and got an offer last week. Uh, he's a guy that had a Tech offer. He's a guy that had a Maryland offer. So you're getting, you're beating the guys, you're beating your rivals, and you're beating your peers for these top recruits, which can help you again elevate your recruiting. And then you can take the next step and try to beat the next level up in recruiting on the recruiting trail. I like it. To
0: get to the next level, you have to beat your level. That does make sense too. Uh, and then quickly here, positions cutter. A tackling machine, as you called him, seems like a Mike. Maybe he flexes out to Will.
1: Is that about right? That is correct. I was asking about that because again, he most of his film is Mike. I think he has the athleticism and the speed to play Will. Uh, but uh, a s told me, you know, someone that it was uh, uh, uh most likely a Mike to start, but they're willing to move him to Will, which again takes me back to all those conversations about how Mike and Bandit are the same and. That's where the rotations are going to be, and I feel like every linebacker change that we've seen so far has been between Mike and Will and Will and Mike and not Mike and Bandit, So, or at least the ones that end up making an impact. Uh, Torrey
0: Johnson, Jr., where does he play?
1: Uh, That wide receiver. That's what the tight end is going to be called moving forward. Uh, Maybe they still call it a tight end in the depth chart. I don't know, but it's a wide receiver in Harrell's offense. It's going to be somebody that's versatile that can go in, can go out, can play off the, you know, in the backfield a little bit, all much like an H-back. But he is a guy that played on the line, in line and out wide in high school. Again, was split between wide receiver, tight end, didn't know where to play, bulked up over the last year. He's a tight end.
0: Dixon, you're clear. Tight end.
1: No yep. problem there.
0: Bram, jumbo athlete. <laughs> Put that on a tops card, right? Yes, sir. Uh, is is he a guy who could do something at tight end because of his size, agility, tweener status? I don't know, or is he? I mean, I know a little bit about this kid because he's from Morgantown, Those people, at University High. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays defense either. It just seems like he's he's just a good football player, and he could do he could do both, not both in college, but he's certainly capable of focusing on both of those and picking one lane and going.
1: Yeah, uh, he told he told me you know after his conversation with neil brown that the coaching staff told him so this is secondhand kind of stuff uh that he would play one of the linebacker positions or a stand-up edge rusher, or a tight end so he could play a lot of places and i'm just going to read my tweet here because i i I just kind of summed it up because i was trying to think of where he was because people were asking me hey is this guy worthy of an offer and i said you know I'm just not sure where he plays. I think he's a couple inches too short to play like a true tight end. Um, I think he'd be a great H back, but are we going to spend another scholarship on an H back when you already have a few of those? Uh, linebacker maybe. He seems a bit big to play linebacker for me. Um, yeah. But he moves well enough because this is this is what you got from him at camp. Quote: You have a six foot to 225 pounder with shuttle times of a 4.4 and a vertical of 34 inches equivalent to FBS receivers whose father was an all-american at WVU and an NFLer for a dozen years and he's five minutes away from campus take him and figure it out later that's and one that's, of my tenements just figure it out yeah I, I mean if you have again it, forget the part about him being a WV legacy okay forget that part I, I know oh you can't just take incident all right so if I told you a six foot two 225 pound guy that is as fluid like I, and short shuttle, that is where you start on on a on a line, and you go five yards to the right, and then go back ten yards to the left, and then back five yards to the right, and it's testing your side to side and your change of direction, and he has the side to side and the change of direction and and the quickness, of an FBS receiver. I mean, guys that are getting like Division one, Power Five level offers as a receiver. He has the same change of directions and, and that short subtle speed as them and a 34 inch vertical again that's among the tops of people that came through camp and that's up there with like the best receivers that have come through camp so he had he has the athleticism he has the speed and he has that nice size if i told you you had that any he, and, and he has nfl bloodlines i know people ah oh, whatever like that's important it does matter there's a reason that nfl legacies tend to pop up again and again and again that matters so if I had to nfl legacy that moves like a wide receiver but has the size of a you know a defensive end you're taking him agreed sure why not yeah um jackson also athlete i think we're gonna call him that where do you think this goes no defensive back so okay. uh, we we're talking about jordan jackson here um tw- twin brother of josiah jackson jackson josiah already committed as a defensive back jordan most of his film was a running back and he yeah. Came up to camp on Monday, and it was essentially a tryout for a spot in this class. And it was very obvious right from the beginning. It was like, "Hey, there's not a lot of film on you at DB. You are a tremendous athlete. We want to put you through the works here, put you through the ringer, and see what comes out." And he popped out there again. Ran 4.5 in the 40-yard dash. Had a nice vertical. Um, overheard about the uh, catapult speed. You know those those bra things they wear to GPS. give you top speed of 21.4 and i asked someone to put that into perspective for me i said i I obviously know that's fast going running 21 miles an hour but what does that compare to and i was told that basically like the fastest players on the team are usually around in the 22s and so he's up there and he looked great in one-on-ones he's a little bit handsy but he's got to get used to the position he just hasn't played it a lot but he had all the tools that the coaching staff was looking for. So he knocked that camp out of the park, and they just said, "You're in. You have a spot if you want it." And he jumped on board. Uh, and finally,
0: McIntyre, defensive line, as we talked about the last time we spoke, defensive line. They found another one. Makes sense there. Um, we'll we'll blow by him. No respect, but no disrespect. But we understand that the position he's in. I want to go back to tight end here too. Um, look, they kept Sean Reagan around, and I think a lot of people wondered for a while whether or not there was a spot for him on this coaching staff. And and one thing that you and I said, whether it was in print on the message board, perhaps even here too, was that he was an asset. Uh, They liked using him in the recruiting capacity for visits when people were around. And even when he was recruiting quarterbacks, he was able to do that, but also spread his wings and help in other capacities here too. Travis Trickett leaves. They have to have someone coach tight ends, but also recruit that position. And you may be able to explain this. It's, it's not like other positions, you know, you kind of have to, it's not like quarterback, but Tight end is a little bit different. And I ask you, Chris, the heck are they doing a tight end? Dixon's a unique case. Um, Donaldson in this class is kind of unique. Bram, who knows? And, and, and here's a guy maybe who's pulling the levers now in, in Reagan where I think the coaches like him and trust him enough that they're going to sign off on his decisions or at least have the conversation. And so far, they're greenlighting a lot of his ideas that maybe aren't traditional. And I've seen him pal around a bunch with Graham Harrell, and I've heard that they are, you know, good. This is not like a guy like, man, he came in and took my spot. No, it's, hey, this is a guy who can make our team better. How can I help him? And if Reagan has given him pieces for the chessboard that maybe aren't traditional but can have some utility and some value, jumbo athletes wise as opposed to tight ends, as you just explained, then this might go to another level with this position. We've seen the tight end for a while. We've talked about it. Is this the year the tight end catches? Oh, I don't know, twenty-five passes and four touchdowns, <laughs> which aren't lofty goals. Goals, but like, boy, that would be kind of an achievement around here. But perhaps I get there with with different strokes this season. So I, I'm just curious here, observationally, or from what you hear at the grapevine or talking to people, tell me about Reagan and and the present. Slash
1: future of of
0: his recruiting or just the recruiting and this position in general.
1: So as far as Reagan goes, I think he he's a, such an asset for reasons you, that shouldn't surprise anyone. He is so knowledgeable about the game that when he speaks to recruits and he speaks to their families and their coaches, like it, it leaves an impact on them. Um, he was as with Dixon. I was told that you know that. that Dixon was kind of looking at other places, trying to figure out, wasn't sure if the tight end was going to be used at West Virginia. And then after speaking with Reagan, just got this impression that, hey, he knows what he's talking about. Um, he knows what's going on and, and he knows an offense. And, and I think that you know can be attributed to the fact that, that Reagan's coached multiple spots on the offensive side of the ball. So that helps um, as far as the tight end position moving forward. Last year, you know, I I called it, or I they called it, and, and I picked up on it. They called themselves the SUVs, um, you know, sport utility vehicles. Like they could come in different sizes, they could do different things, and I picked up on that. Continued to call that, and then I said, I guess that era is over. And somebody corrected me, saying, No, that's still kind of the motto back here. You're going to see guys that are different body types that have different skill sets that can line up in different ways and you're going to piece them all together. And I think that's what we're seeing when when you look at these guys. I mean, Torrey Johnson is not like Will Dixon. Will Dixon is not like C.J. Donaldson. C.J. Donaldson is not like o- O'Loughlin, and 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 none of them are like Palende. So you go on and on. You, you None of them are like each other. And some may say that's a bad thing. I think it might be a good thing. I think it gives you some versatility in that position group and in that position room. I love it. I love a plan. If that's the plan. It's great. Versatility is such
0: a thing in in sports lineups, players, attacks, counters, and this is it. Like if you're gonna have a diverse set of running backs or defensive linemen, well, if you're gonna have five tight ends, why can't they be diverse too? Um, how many times you need two of the same ones at once? Infrequently. So hey, here's a good chance. So if you're gonna if you're gonna collect the pieces and you're gonna use them, diversify your portfolio. There, I think it would work out. Um, that about wraps it up here. Um, we're going to get out of here. Press publish before big news goes public. Chris maybe has spoiled the surprise to you. Perhaps he's not. He's left the breadcrumbs, as always, as no one else can. Thank him when you get a chance. Until then, I'm Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you next time. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or.